Well, hello everyone and welcome. It's so good to have you joining with us today. And today, as you can see, we have a very special <laughs> guest, Rachel Hickson is in the house. Yay. So welcome, Rachel. How are you doing today? Really good. And it's been so fantastic to catch up, see real people and have live to live conversations. <laughs> Definitely. We've uh, enjoyed having Rachel and her husband, Gordon, uh, with us today in Portsmouth and just been showing them around the yeah, city a bit, beautiful. just been down the seafront and Gunwharf Keys and old Portsmouth and just telling them a little bit about the history of the city that we love so much, whether you uh, you know, live here physically or whether you're part of our, our online family, um, just really expecting what God's going to say uh, and do today is I really believe this will be a real word of encouragement. So Rachel, just for those who maybe don't know you, do you want to just share briefly about what you do, uh, what yeah. your role is? Well, my name is Rachel. I'm a grandmother of six. Actually, I've had to upgrade it to eight because I now have six grandkids and two furry ones. Both my kids have got chocolate Labrador puppies. Mm -hmm. So there you go. And they come with the kids whenever, you know, life is too much. So I'm a mother of Nicola and David, six grandkids, two puppies, married to Gordon for 40 years. Wow. Past that in lockdown. All our dreams, you know, we were going to go to New Zealand and do this. Well, we stayed at home and my mother-in-law came to stay. Not what Gordon expected, I'm <laughs> sure. Um, what else? Um, Gordon and I have been in church for years, 24, worked with Reinhard Bonker in Africa, been back in this country pastoring. We now live in Oxford, lockdown in Oxford, and it was been fantastic to discover that city. But I have a heart to carry Jesus. I love to teach, preach, get hold of the next generation. I suppose if I had a strap line, my greatest delight is to make you look good. Is that great? Brilliant, love that. <laughs> and I know that some of you will be familiar with Rachel from uh, the Women's Conference and yeah. speaking uh, on a Sunday before. So um, it's great to welcome you back and have you, you know, uh, continue building on the, the friendship uh, that we have mm -hmm. with you and, uh, and now Gordon as yes. well. So, so tell us a little bit about this. has been a crazy season. <laughs> I know we've had some very honest, frank, raw, open mm. conversations about some of the good, the bad, the ugly. Do you want to just share with uh, those that are watching the broadcast today a little bit about, a little yeah. window into well, some worries. of the highs and lows of the season for you? Yeah, well I know you've been doing a series called Unexpected. I've sort of added another line, unexpected and unexplained. Because I don't know if you've looked at this time, but there's so much that you just go, seriously? At the beginning of 2020, I had a prophetic person come up to me and say, Rachel, God's got surprises for you. And of course, I go into my sentimental little girl and think, wow, prizes and gifts, boom, pandemic hit. And I thought, that's not a nice surprise. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but what happened is my year, 18 months unfolded. In April I lost my dad, but he lives in Texas in America, and so he went to be with Jesus. I couldn't be there when he died, when he was buried, when he did his memorial, when my mum finally had to sell the house, give everything away. And 18 months on, my dear dad has graduated, but I never got to do any of that journey. So I don't know if you've done part of that, but it is weird, isn't it? Unexpected and certainly not what we would plan. And then. My dear mum, who's lived in Texas, America, 
American citizen, you know, suddenly says, I feel God's calling me back home. Totally unexpected. So my mum of 86 has completely um, relocated three minutes down the road from me. So suddenly in about March this year, I became hotel quarantine. My mum moved in, quarantined, and then she couldn't move into her house and was with me for six, seven weeks. Then my daughter, who lived in Melbourne, Australia, went up and said, Mum, we're moving back to London. Can we come and quarantine with you? So Mum moved out. Seven days later, Nicola and family and kids moved in, quarantined. Mum, we need to stay a bit longer. Then she moved out. Then my brother, who lives in the US, his um, work situation changed, life changed. He said, I just need a break. Can I come for three, four months? And he came. So from someone who has lived and travelled the world, I've even unpacked my toiletry bag, which I haven't done, I think, for 20 years because I'm on the road. And I have a ministry, Heart Cry for Change. I didn't tell you that. And um, I don't think I've got such a big heart cry for change. Enough change. Let's stop. <laughs> you know? Anyway, so yeah, so life has been strange. I think what I'd most probably headline is, how are we coping with disappointment? You know, God said to me, Disappointment is how you handle a missed expected appointment. And I think many of us had appointments. You know, we had a dream wedding. We we're going to watch a baby born. Like me, we were going to go on our 40th wedding anniversary to New Zealand. All sorts of plans. And they've kept getting missed. And those missed appointments compound into a place of disappointment. That's quite hard to handle. So I think many of us come out of the season with just this unexpected malaise. Slight nervousness, apprehension, not sure, not totally clear. And I think it's sometimes hard to handle. So it sounds like you've <laughs> been through a lot of change, subtraction, addition, <laughs> expansion, um, and also some loss as well, which, you know, uh, mm. is never easy. What, what advice uh, or encouragement you, would you perhaps give to people about how, how can people process this season where, I mean, we're not just talking about change, we're talking about change on steroids, we're talking yeah. about like so much yeah. change. This time has been a real accelerator for a lot of disruption and, and transition, loss, feeling like, you know, there's elements mm. where we've not been able to grieve properly or maybe have some closure on some, some things that have happened in our world. What, what would you say for those who are feeling discouraged, feeling uncertain, feeling unsettled, mm. feeling like, you know, not sure about the future? What would you have to say to that? Well, maybe I can frame it in a picture for you. I, um, we got out of lockdown and Gordon and I went up to Norfolk and we had this little cottage by the sea. I mean, you live by the sea. Well, I live in Oxford by a river. So I love walking by water, but it's by a river. And I suddenly discovered that when you walk by the sea as your water, it's different. You have ebb and flow. And so I got up, I have a black Labrador puppy, which was part of my blessing of COVID. And so I took Bella down to the beach, but the sea was out and it looked totally different from that powerful, um, pounding, majestic sea that I'd seen the day before when the tide is up. And so I could walk very differently. I could walk far further down the beach and it was firm underfoot and sand didn't get quite everywhere because it was wet. And I felt God say to me, Rachel, 
Just as you have experienced here, there are times and seasons ebb and flow in your life and in your kingdom of God. And I think many of us have been through that ebb and flow. And he said to me, this is a season when the tide has gone out. When the tide's gone out, the landscape looks very different. You can walk differently on that beach. You see different stuff. I mean, there's all this plastic there and I've got David Attenborough going through my mind of, you know, we're destroying the planet with all the plastic and I'm thinking, oh, the trash, it's terrible. But in the midst of me getting into all the negativity of what was bad on this beach, there was a little girl, five years old, all excited, and she's crying out, Grandad, Grandad, I found treasure. And she's got this little bucket. And I, and I felt God speak to me and said, even though this has been a season of loss, of lots of stuff being brought to the surface, when you could get easily into the negativity of the trash, don't lose the treasure that's still buried for you in this season. And so, yes, I lost my dad and I went through and I remember saying to God, God, I don't think you're very kind. That's not a nice thing to have done. My dad really, really loved you. We are a family that being missionaries served you all our lives. And then I can't even be there. I don't think that's very kind. What's that about? And I felt Jesus say, Rachel, you want, you're going to be one of hundreds and thousands, but you're going to be able to demonstrate kindness during the season of ebb and flow. How do we get through it? We have to be real. We have to ask that next question. We have to give permission to each other to just be rawly honest, to say, actually, I felt a bit suicidal. It hasn't all been great. Got, I've been into some stuff, made some choices I shouldn't. We've all become self-feeders, but sometimes it's been too many Netflix on a wrong box set rather than, you know, praise and worship. We need to just really look at what's happened on our beach, decide our footprints, but the wonderful thing about ebb and flow is the, is the waves come back. And we don't set that. There's just that moment that suddenly we think, oh, I can feel it again. The spray in my face. The presence of God. It's going to come. And there's just this little scripture I want to just help us with, if I can find it. And it's in Daniel, Daniel chapter 2. And it says this, and during the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in the, in the vision. And Daniel praised the God of heaven, Daniel chapter 2, verse 19. And he says, praise be to my God forever and ever. All wisdom and power is yours. You change my times and my seasons. You remove kings and raise others up. You gift wisdom to make them wise and give knowledge to the discerning. You reveal deep and hidden things. You know what lies, even within the covered darkness, and the light dwells with you. Oh, I thank you and praise you, God of all my ancestors. You now give me wisdom and power. You make known to me what I am asking of you. You make known to me even the dreams of kings. This was Daniel wrestling. And I don't know about you, how do we handle it? I come to this place of, again, remembering when the tide is in, the awesome rolling power of those majestic waves, the presence of God. And I say, God, don't necessarily like it, certainly don't understand it, but you're the God of the ebb and flow. Wow, I love that. And I know that earlier on when we were out at the harvester, uh, yeah. enjoying some food, like, 
when uh, Rachel Gordon, were, you know, when we arrived, yeah. like the tide was out, and so it looked very untidy, unkept, muddy. You know, it wasn't that impressive. Yeah, it was skanky, really. <laughs> and then, but by the time that we'd finished and we were getting ready to to, to move on, like. The tide had come in, and it was beautiful. And you know, I love it on a sunny day when it almost yeah. looks like dancing diamonds. You know, all Ooh. across the top of uh, of the water, and you could you could see a different perspective yeah. of that kind of ebb and flow. And, uh, and I was sharing with you that I actually like running along that Easter yeah. Road. And actually, if you you know time it right, when the tide is out, you know, you I can cut right across. Um, to the back of Eastney to get onto the beach and actually I'm doing less yet going further mm. um, I don't have to go all the way around like I would normally because it, it uncovers a pathway so I think in this time as well God's uncovering pathways yes. that we're actually entering into a season that we can do less and yet achieve more. more. Now obviously Rachel you're a prophetic voice <laughs> and uh, I know you've been a great encouragement to us as a ministry as a church um, just talk to us a little bit about what you think God is saying to his church, the body of Christ, uh, at this time. And obviously, as a lot of people are talking and asking uh, this question about what does the new look like? What's new for the church? What is the new wineskin? What's the new wine? <laughs> what, what do you think the future looks like for the body of Christ? What do we, as the body of Christ, uh, need to be doing, uh, believing um, how, how can we pivot successfully in this season? Big, big questions. And I think, again, it's this whole thing of unexpected, unexplained, in that we haven't yet got exact definition. And I don't know if you're like me, but I'm a bit of a control freak. I like to have my ducks in a row. I like to make things add up. I hate long uncertainty. I don't mind the thrill of a little bit, but when it goes on and on, it's like, seriously, someone's got to do something or someone sort it. And I mean, I'm meant to be a prophet who loves change. I call my ministry heart cry for change. That's why I joked. I'm not actually sure I like, and I'm not actually sure many people like, that real process of change. And I know that when we came into the year 2020, many of us had that scripture from Isaiah 43 verses 18 and 19, you know, Behold, I make all things new. Do you not perceive it? Now it springs up. Yeah. And, you know, the annoying thing is new does mean new. And new means we haven't done it before. Yeah. So we've never been this way before. So what do I think we ought to do? Well, I think there's a, several things. Number one, give yourself some slack if you need to change your mind. I think good leaders good parents, good business people, just good people, need to give themselves some slack and be prepared to go to the right or the left. I'm just looking for the scripture because I was walking over the fields and I just felt with my dog again and I felt God say to me, Rachel, it's time to explore. And he said to me, Go on, explore. And immediately this scripture came in my head, which we find in Isaiah chapter 30, verses 20 to 22. Let me read it to you. And this is from the Amplified Bible, so just let me read it. It says, Isaiah chapter 30, 20 to 22. Though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity, 
and the water of oppression, yet your teacher will no longer hide himself. But your eyes will now constantly see your teacher. Your ears will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right or to the left, your teacher will be with you. So you ask, well, we're entering the new. What do you think we have to do? I want to say, give yourself some flexibility. Don't be too dogmatic. Or well, this is the way walking it. You see, when I grew up and read this scripture, and I don't know if you're like me, this Isaiah 30, it says, now, walk in the way. And if you get it wrong, there will be a voice saying to you, stop it. That's the way. Don't miss it. But I did a whole lot of research into the Hebrew, went into... Um, some of the Hebrew understanding of this verse and as many of you know I work with a colleague Helen Azer. I live in Oxford, she went to Oxford, difference in intellect and so she understands all these things so I said to go have a good dig at this with me. And you see our modern translations which is why I didn't read it from the NIV message etc they tend to give you this emphasis that you walk in the way and if you stray from the way, the voice will go, ah, walk. You know, that is not the context of this verse at all. The context goes right back to 20. You have lived in a time of adversity. You've lived with the bread of oppression. You've been going through seriously hard times when it feels like it's been a withholding shutdown time. But the prophet comes in and says, I've got a word for you. The teacher... Your, which literally is the instructor, Parapletus, the one that's alongside you, is no longer going to be hiding and ebb and flow, new season coming, and you're going to get instruction again. I don't know how many of you feel God's been on mute and been very unhelpful with instruction. But I just want to say, I really, really believe that we're coming out of that season and the teacher is going to be behind us. And then the whole emphasis, which I just made me so excited as I read it in the Hebrew, is it says, for whenever you start running, exploring to the right or the left, your teacher is right behind you and his word is with you, directing and shaping the way for you so that we make it. In other words, the Hebraic understanding of this word was of a teacher that stands behind you. I mean, I've been on grandmother duty a lot, and you know, when my kids are making cake, because they love to bake, and whipping the cream or whatever, and they're going for it, whipping it, I am standing behind them with my hands, you know, holding that cream bowl, holding things, because I don't want chocolate cream everywhere. And that is the picture here. The picture is that the teacher is behind us, not with a stick, but with a covering training hands to escort us, steer us, help us. So first of all, I want to say it is a new season. They are new days. We do feel confused. So much is unexpected, unexplained. But hear the voice of Jesus. You have a teacher and he is behind you. And he's not going to let you get it wrong. And when you explore... Because I think we are going to have to explore. Well, is this a good way? And then you feel the uh, 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 no, come sweet. And you feel the arm. Is this a good way? Uh, uh. When you, ever you explore to the right and left, don't be too hard on yourself. 
God's going to help you and help you find that way because the teacher's with you. Brilliant, love that. Really great uh, insight on that scripture, scripture. there, and mm. just even with that, those motherly arms, <laughs> you know, uh, behind. I don't so I love that. <laughs> love that. Anything else that you want to just speak into that whole whole point um, of the new and and obviously there's been a lot of change in this season where people changing jobs, people yeah. quitting jobs, people relocating, um, people even you know. We've been yeah. speaking about even breaking up of relationships and yeah. things. I mean, there's been some painful things. What What would you say into this whole subject of transition? Um, is there any any other insights that you you know have for mm. us to encourage us? I think transition always hurts. I mean, come on, mamas, how many of you remember the midwife saying, "You are now in transition." You go, "Oh Lord, why did I do this again?" If it's second time, if it's first time, you think. Now I know why we say it hurts. Transition stretches, hurts, pulls. It's not nice. And I think however brave we are, we are in a transitional time. New means new. And most of us tend to just recall, go home. I've spoken to many people who have said, you know, um, yeah, okay, lockdown's easing. We've had Freedom Day. We can all get out. But things are still not clear. Do we wear a mask? Do we not wear a mask? Am I allowed to hug? Am I not allowed to hug? You know how? And it all gets awkward. Things that were so normal feel awkward. Going to work. Should I go back to the office? Should I not? Public transport. Do I feel safe? Don't I? Do I go on holiday abroad or just stay here? Things that we wouldn't think about have all become pressure points and become points for argument. And relationships, you know, why aren't they together? Who is that? And all that can make us feel very insecure in our world. And it's very easy to then just go, oof. But I, I really believe that God has got a gift of clarity for us. We are the church and he's going to help us see. And as I was praying about this season, I said, well, God, why do we still feel so confused? Why do most things still feel a bit unexpected, unexplained? You know, we should be the head and not the tail. We should have an understanding. And again, I felt God say, well, it's like the story of the healing of the blind man. And it says, and Jesus was at Bethsaida, and he called the blind man to him, and he laid hands on him. And the man opened his eyes. And he said, wow, I can see. Because he'd been through a season of difficulty. But then there was a qualification. I can see men as trees walking. In other words, I've got a rough idea, but I've got no real clarity. And then Jesus laid hands on him a second time, and he saw. And I would like to suggest that we're almost as we're coming out of this COVID curve, if you like, masked, muzzled, confused. We're coming out of that curve, and God's beginning to say, okay, you can go. We're still a bit reeling from the shock, from some of the emotional trauma from some of the things that have been exposed, unsure of some of the permissions of what we should do, where we should go, who we are. And so we, we've got a vague idea of what we want and where it is, but it's still a bit hazy, like trees walking. So what do we do? Make a plan, put a budget, get a team together, form a rotor. Probably not, because it would be wrong, because remember, leaders in uncertain times have to adjust. No, what do we do? We come a second time. God, I still can't see clearly. I've got a vague idea, but it's not enough for me. I want to see clearly. 
So we come. God, touch me. I want to see. Oh, now I see. So I suppose what I'm saying is, there's a time to be patient in the presence of God. We still, although Boris might have stood up, Freedom Day, and we think, yay, off we go. There is that part in us still in coming into August and the rest that's going, really? Is it all over? We're not quite sure. So I think, come to Jesus, because he will help you see clearly. Brilliant, love that. And uh, I know as we were sharing a little bit earlier on, you were mm. sharing about um, a picture that you had uh, for myself, but I actually mm. believe is for me, but also for us as a church family about the dandelion. Mm. You just want to share, because I think where we're at as a church, obviously, you know, we have been in a season as, you know, every other church community in the world. Yes. So it's like, this is not like unique mm. to CLC. All the pastors, leaders I'm talking to are experiencing the same thing, where there has been a lot of movement in the kingdom mm. and, and releasing and sending out and multiplication mm. and, you know, but, but, but a lot of change as well. You you were given a word um, mm. for me. Um, do you want to just share? Because yeah. I, I believe this will encourage and is for everyone else watching this broadcast as well. Well, I was actually up in, in London in Wembley and I was just sitting waiting to do a programme for God TV. And as I was sitting there, I just I thought of Dan and Laura and um, I had this picture of Dan almost standing reflectively with a dandelion. And there was a big-headed dandelion, sort of, you know, Mickey Mouse cartoons, a huge big head. And I could see him just blowing very gently. It wasn't a... It was just a... And I could feel the reflective move of, what am I blowing? What am I releasing? What's the seed? Where is it blowing? What's going on? And there was just this reflective move. And then there was a lady in the house, Reverend Betty King, and she just came out and said, Rachel, are you taking care? of the sons and daughters of the house of God. Are you doing what you should do as a mother in the house of God? And as I walked out, I just began to feel the mother heart for you here at City Life Church and for Dan, for Laura, for Portsmouth. And then I met up with my son-in-law and he comes from Australia and he said, oh, Rachel, these names are getting to me. I've just been doing a recording and I said, you know, is it Leicester, Leicester, Portsmouth or Ports, whatever. How do you say all these names? It's just getting me in a mess. And I said, no, it's Portsmouth, not Portsmouth. He said, why? I said, I don't know, but it's Portsmouth. Honestly, it's not Portsmouth. And instantly I remembered the prophetic word I had last time I was here. The God says, come on, City Life, I'm making your mouth a vessel and you are going to speak into your community, speak into your city. I've given you a mouth which will carry a sound, a resonance. And then... A few days later, I went into the Tower of London. And um, as we were there doing some different things as a prayer team, I got talking to one of the Beefeaters. And he was in the Armoury Tower. And, he, and I said, I remember there being lots more guns and stuff. And he turned to me and he said, Oh yeah, we felt that we needed to divide it between the north and the south of England. So we've kept a third here. And he said, the Armoury always used to represent the treasure of the nation, the wealth and the power. But we felt that we had too much here, so we gave a third to Leeds, and we've given a third to Portsmouth, and they now hold the wealth and the treasure and the armory. And as he said that, I was thinking, 
Wow, City Life Church, you're blowing a dandelion, you're releasing something new. God's given you, why isn't it Port's mouth? God's given you a mouth to communicate and he's even sharing with you the nation's treasure. And he's saying, come on, there's a strong house here of his resources, of his calling. And so that's what prompted me to pick up a poem and say, how are you doing? I'm curious because God's got Portsmouth in my head and on his calendar. Brilliant, I love that. And, and you know, with that picture of the dandelion being blown, this kind of uh, dandelion on steroids is big. It was. <laughs> you know, they're there to be blown. And the wind of the spirit is blowing, the winds of change is blowing. Yes. And it's not about trying to collect and keep all the seeds in one place. Yeah. It's This is about release to increase. Yeah. This is about, you know, God doing such a bigger thing. And that's why I think sometimes we... We judge and assess things just based on kind of where we're at in our little mm. bubble. But there's a much so bigger much picture more. that is panning out. And there's so much more cross-pollination that's going on in the kingdom of God. Mm. And then with the whole armory thing, that was encouraging. Yeah. Because, you know, just a few years ago, um, you know, we were talking about this a bit earlier on. But, you know, me and a, a, a friend, a business friend, Barrett, we just prayed and said, God, where do you want to take us on a kind of mission trip in, in England? And we felt the Lord say Leeds. So we went to Leeds. And I'm like, why Leeds? I mean, I, I've spoken once in Leeds, but there's no ties with Leeds at all. Nothing about the city that kind of attracts me. And uh, so when you told that story about that we've got, you know, a third Shared. of the armory yeah. in Leeds, third in Portsmouth, third in London. It's like, now it makes sense why God would do that. Uh, so really, really encouraging. You know, God is... Uh, distributing his wealth and, mm. and we know that we have a king uh, who is the king of the universe he has no lack he's a god you know of more than enough uh, Rachel before you pray for us um, any final words of encouragement for city life mm. in this season well as I come to pray I just want you to stand on that beach with God in this season of ebb and flow, and don't just see what's going out, but have an expectation of what's going to come in. Can you be like that little girl with the bucket and say, I've found treasure. I want to stir up in you the expectation. You know, those treasures, those things you've kept in journals, those hopes, those dreams that seem impossible and almost mocking in this season. It's almost like you say, oh yeah, God, right, thanks. How can it happen now? And I believe almost that, of that breath of faith on the dandelion, blow it. And maybe some people have been relocated. Maybe some orders have been reshifted. But blow and see what begins to stir. Because I do believe in this season that it's not a season just of stripping. It is a season of restoration, of transformation. It is the season where God is the God of Omega. Boom, doors shut. But he's also then the God of Alpha. And sometimes some doors have to shut so the next door can open. We all love the God of Alpha. But I believe we've been through a season of the God of Omega that is shut, shut, 
But I want to say to you that I believe there's things that are going to open up for you because there is a newly constructed pathway. And the teacher is here. He says, come on, trust me. I've got you. Explore. Go to the left. Go to the right. Don't worry about getting it wrong. I am with you. So come on, let's just ask Jesus to help us. Maybe Jesus isn't really in your world. Maybe you've got a bit offended, like me, when I said, Jesus, I don't think you're very kind. Maybe you've had some of those hard-up nose moments where you think, God, if this is who you are, I don't know if I like you anymore. And you've pushed him away a bit. But come on, stop fighting, start you again. Say, Jesus, actually, for all of that, I really, really need you. Maybe you're carrying disappointment because God has missed his appointment with you. And you said, but God, you promised, God, you said, God, I was expecting, and now what's this? But I want to speak peace right into that turmoil. The first decision I want to ask you is, will you let God in? You know, you're talking to him, you're relating to him, but you're not letting him on the inside. You're just shouting through a window at him. But God's saying, can I come in? So right now, if you're saying that, I want you to say this prayer with me. Just put your hand on your heart and say this. Jesus, today, I'm sorry. I've been fighting you because I don't understand and I don't like what I'm living with. But today, Jesus, forgive me. And help me come to peace and lean into you. Jesus, I'm sorry for the wrong choices I've been making in this season. But right now, I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life and help me live my life right. Amen. Now, if you've said that and you know that you are re aligning, resetting your life on Jesus. It's really important as you say that amen to then tell someone, I needed a reset today. I've been pushing God out. I reset him in my life. Or I've never let God in, but today I did. Tell someone, text them, talk to them. And then I want to pray for the second group of people. I want to pray for the voice of the teacher behind you. Is that okay? Are you happy with that? So just, if you would like to just, because you've been in confusion, you just need some clarity and you just feel, I don't know what I'm doing, I just feel, and I just ask you, put your fingers in your ears and just pray with me right now. Is that okay? So say, Jesus, I need help. There is so much going on and I feel confused. And I won't clarity. And God, you promised through the prophet Isaiah that after a time of adversity would come a time of communication and the teacher would no longer be hiding, but he would be right behind us. So I'm asking you now, come right behind me. Help me know my left. Help me know my right. Now maybe you can just move your hands onto your eyes and say, and God, I want to ask you that you touch my eyes and give me clarity. Where I need to think clearly, see clearly, 
understand clearly, get a concept of what I'm doing and why I'm here. God, I ask you right now, like Jesus played for the blind man and he naturally could see, I'm asking you to touch my intellect, understanding concepts, processes, decisions, and help me spiritually understand. Give me clarity. And everyone said, Amen. Didn't hear you. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Well, thank you so much for uh, being with us today, Rachel. Mm. And thank you for joining us as well. We hope that you have found this message encouraging. And if you have, why not share it on social media and spread that encouragement to others. God bless you and enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, have a great day.